Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank. I'm joined by Scott in this episode, and we're going to be discussing how Magic the Gathering is ruining the value of their own cards. Call of Duty's trying out a whole new battle pass that might change the industry, and so much more. Uh, we are going to be taking next week off again for uh, Thanksgiving, but this episode is actually releasing on Thanksgiving Day. I want to stop and tell you guys, I appreciate you so much. We all thank you so much for listening to our content. We work hard on it. There's a lot of editing, note writing, uh, making sure that the schedule by far is the worst part. But in the end of the day, just knowing, seeing the numbers, knowing people are listening to us and sharing in our fandom and sharing in our passions, it means the world to us. It, it definitely for me. I mean, there's a lot of other work too, like social media and stuff like that we do. And knowing that, hey, somebody out there is listening and I see the numbers and it just, I really appreciate that. So I want to spend this Thanksgiving thinking of you guys and how much I just love to have you guys around. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We will see you guys in a couple weeks. We're going to be doing our brackets for the Game of the Year awards, movies, and stuff like that. So if you have any nominations you want to throw in, hit us up on Discord. That's where we're going to start putting it together. And then we're going to do the voting on Twitter, Hive, and Facebook. All right, take it easy, guys, and have a great week. Bye. What do you think is like the perfect movie to watch on a Thanksgiving night if you're kind of alone, just chilling out? What are you thinking? Oh man, I thought of this yesterday and I, I had something. Now I can't remember what it what it was. The easy answer is oh, planes, man. trains, and automobiles, I think. Planes, trains, and that's automobiles. The, that's the easy answer, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um I mean my my family was just very traditional, like we watched yeah. the parade. Um, and we just kind of watched what came on TV, which was usually uh, Wizard of Oz, I believe. Oh, good catch. Um, yeah. 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 For some reason, that's like a, a holiday movie, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it was like, it's a wonderful life. So just the classics are always nice. You know, for me, holidays are about the food. You know? Yeah. And we we actually we, we went a little weird. We, we weren't going to make a whole turkey or anything. We made a brisket. Oh, nice. Uh, in our crock pot. <laughs> We don't have a grill or a smoker or anything. And, um, you know, it was the first time making our brisket. We watched the, uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. That's a good move. For me, my suggestion for you guys is to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I think it's a good Thanksgiving movie. I think it's going to be <laughs> Guardians a new tradition. of the Galaxy? That's yeah. the holiday movie? Okay. I think so, because we have the new Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, the Christmas one. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy is about, like, a chosen family coming together, fighting each other. You got support systems there with, like, Groot and Rocket. I, I think it's boom, an adopted uh, father like Yondu. It's the perfect family film. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I'm, I'm calling it now. That's the one you should watch every Thanksgiving from here on out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Scott, do you play Magic the Gathering or have you played in the past? I've never played it like physical cards. Um, I do know, God, probably like. 12 years ago i briefly got into the maybe 10 years ago is a while uh i briefly got into the online version yeah but i mean I, I couldn't tell you anything other than that i was bad at it yeah, i always get it mixed up sometimes like i like magic the most of them but sometimes like oh you some our trap card i'm like no way i think that's Yu-Gi-Oh. and then you know like i'll think of certain like blue eyes white dragon again that's Yu-Gi-Oh. um it's it's hard to distinguish them but i do have like a couple favorite decks usually fire decks for uh magic the gathering do you think there's, is there anything that you like have a collectible? Like, do you collect any Magic the Gathering cards and stuff like that? You don't do any of the physical, so there's really nothing special about the online one, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it, it's a weird thing. I, I don't really collect anything. Oh my God, um, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I just buy random stuff that I like, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'll buy that one time, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, and, and for like, for me, I'm not, I say this, the easiest way to describe it is I'm not a very material person. And I don't mean that like, I don't care about money or You're not having a material things. Girl. No, it's I, okay. like, I like having things, but I don't particularly care about the, the resale value of those things. I see. You know, so like when I buy a book, used book on Amazon for a dollar, perfect. You know, I'm not worried about having the hard back collector set yeah. for a hundred dollars and and then like being scared to read it because I'll ruin the resale value. I don't care. You know, I'm just here to read <laughs> read a fucking book. You're like you smog know? the dragon, um, but you're like sitting on a pile of like yard sale stuff. There's nothing, no yeah, treasures yeah, here. Like, like, don't yeah, touch my, my mean, paperback books <laughs> that I got for you a know, Like, if I buy it new, cool. And then I'm going to use it for whatever it's intended for. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not much of a collector of things. Me? No. What I know of you, that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, like, personally, of course, like, behind me, I have Funko Pops, of course, but I've got all kinds of sections of my house that are like, oh, this is my sword collection over yeah. here. This is my DVD collection over here. And so I'm very much the opposite of that. My console collection and whatnot. And so... I will go out of my way for that one of a kind item and, and make sure that I love it. I love it a lot. And um, what Magic the Gathering has always done is kind of establish, hey, this is the card you want to collect for this series or whatever. Like they always kind of have these staple ones for each series. And then from its early days, and I actually just sold one of these cards, actually, you you have these cards that kind of broke the game a little bit. They were, they were less balanced. And so they held a lot of value. Well, in recent days, in the Kotaku article we have on our Discord, you guys check that out. They're talking about how Magic the Gathering is kind of just putting out too much content right now. They used to do three sets a year, and now in the last seven months, they put out a set each month. So they're just overwhelming themselves, and they're losing value. Fans are mad because they're reproducing some of those classic cards. So it's like, oh shit, Like I, I have this super rare card, and now this one, who might have a little star on it because it's a reproduction, who cares? It still does the same thing, and all of a sudden mine's less valuable. If you're a Magic the Gathering owner do you think the company has a, a, a obligation to keep your, the value of your cards up or is hey buy them if you want them or don't you know i mean they it's their stuff it's their property they can they can do whatever they want with it. right um so like for me i guess uh to relate um world of warcraft right we all yeah. have I'm not a mount collector, right? I mean, there's people who spend days on multiple characters. Our friend Richard would most for of their sure. time is, <laughs> yeah, you know, mo most of their time is going around trying to collect mounts. Um, I was never that big into it. It was more like I'm bored. I'm gonna try and collect some mounts, you know. Um, but we all have mounts that we did work hard to get. Yeah. you know, whether it's you know through hard modes or now it's you know mythic raiding or even um, goals. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> or even gold. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like uh, the red proto Drake, for example, in Wrath of the Lich King, yeah. right? I mean, you did it through dungeon achievements and it, in one patch they were like, okay, well, like gear is getting so good um, at this point that these achievements are so much of a joke where we're taking it out. You can't yeah. get it anymore. The value goes you way know? up. So if you, yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't have it, then you don't have it now. Um, and we've, we've seen 
these mounts come and go. And then, yeah, you know, so so when you see someone on a Swift Zulian tiger, you were like, oh, oh man, you know, I can't get that. You yeah. know, and they're running around like, yeah, bitch, I'm the, I'm one, I'm the only one on this server with this mount, you so know. D- and then, does that add so much more like, to value then? Like if it's not obtainable, that where it's actually valuable, not just because it looks cool? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, when, you know, when, when you have the, any, anything that was a limited, you know, window of time to get, yeah, you know, so it, I think it's the same with cards, Um, you know, maybe they bought 50 booster packs back in the day, and maybe it was because it's a special card they wanted for their deck, you know, yeah. it's not even just about collecting all the cards, you go to the comic book shop, <laughs> saved up your allowance, yeah, yep. oh yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, wonder if there's something. Imagine if they released the the Charizard cards again, right? They and see Pokemon I think does it do it right, and we'll, let's talk about that a little bit too. Like other companies, what they do, Pokemon will release Charizard. Charizard's a hot item because he's cool, but they release him with different effects. It's a different picture on the card. It's a different card. It's just the same character. I think that that's something. That if you guys are trying to honor, because a lot of this is coming with the 30th anniversary. They have, matter of fact, they have this 30th anniversary set coming out. That basically just has four boosters in it. So you're spending $250 for a booster pack of cards. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no way. So for for the uninitiated, um, how, like, how many cards are in a booster pack? I believe it's 11. Wow. Yeah. So you're you're paying... 44 like, cards. What? For a thousand bucks. Tw- tw- almost $25 per card. <laughs> Better be amazing, like- man. For cards you don't know, they're all a guess, so they could be garbage stacked to the top, and it's like, oh, thousand dollars. There goes a card payment, a couple probably. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Are there, are there like base cards that come with this set and also booster packs? No, it's just the four booster packs from what I what I was reading on this from Kotaku. It's just the four boosters, which usually each one has a rare, but the rare is kind of like so common that it's not that rare. It just happens to be holographic kind of thing. So. Right. It's unfortunate. And a lot of times they'll come with like land cards. So those are just, you know, mana. It's not even actually a card <laughs> you'd care about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your little like points you can use for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're not planning on slowing down either. They're calling this the bubble. A lot of people are calling this. Bank of America actually warned their clients from investing in Magic the Gathering because they had clients. Of course, they have their their whole investor portfolio that they're worried about. They had people investing in Magic the Gathering cards as if it was like their investment plans. And they warned people, like, look, right now, Magic's in a bubble. And they said that not only have they been releasing basically monthly now, they have, they keep doing these tie-ins, which we've, we've mentioned the tie-ins in the past. They have three planned right now. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who, and Final Fantasy all coming out in 2023. And they're just saying that they're just going to keep shoving things into these shops until eventually they collapse. So don't invest your money in this. I've never heard of an institution, a banking institution, getting involved in my fandom. Like, if they came out and said, like, hey, don't play God of War Ragnarok, there's a bunch of hacks in it or something like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. They're looking at it. I mean, they're from a purely financial standpoint, right? They don't they don't give a fuck about your fandom. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, they don't, that's true. They don't care about the nerds' feelings, all right? Yeah. They're just they're just like, hey, Won't financially, this the nerds. <laughs> yeah. You know, financially, this is going to be a bad investment. And I think that is important for the nerds, yeah. you know, the geeks, because, you know, we all know that a lot of times these collections that we have of Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering cards, you know, pop figures, generally unopened pop figures, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, yeah. 
they are or could be worth something substantial one day. Baseball cards, right? It's almost like a savings account, you know, in something that you assume is going to appreciate in value. And stocks are no different, right? I mean, you buy stocks thinking it's going to appreciate in value, just like stocks, you know, financial institutions, stock brokerages, you know, they have a, a responsibility to say, hey, this is not worth investing in. What I want you guys to do is go to our new Facebook page now, on a social media. Let us know, do you guys hold on to collectibles, Magic the Gathering or otherwise, as a valuable investment? I think I did as a kid, but not anymore. Now I just, like all the Funkos I have, I open up because I'm like, look, I like it because the way it looks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy a car someday because of the, you know, whatever pop. Um, so I, let us know if you guys are actually seeing these as an investment and would a company's flooding of the market make an event? Because there was a day, remember when like people would sell their wild accounts and it was like, oh shit, man, you just got, you know, the special tiger on that account. That thing is so valuable. And nowadays that's oh, yeah. not a thing. Like people don't care about that as much. So. Well, and you know, I guess that kind of brings up an interesting question of, is that exactly what wow wanted? Hmm. To make account selling less, less profitable, um, you know, less viable. Oh, there we go. Right. Perfect. I mean, because there were there, you know, you could you could sit there and, you know, in Vanilla Wow level it, just having a level 60 gave your character your account value. Yeah. Right. Because a, a lot of people, they didn't even make it that far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The so, Baron's got so us all, guys. Buy, <laughs> yeah, if they could buy a, a level 60 in Dungeon Blues, you know, right out the gate, I mean, that was worth something. Yeah. Um. So you bring down the value of things your character has that you could market before, then, you know, it may cut down on actual account selling. That makes a bunch of sense for the magic side of things, too, because maybe they want to reduce the, the extreme highs of cards already bought and sold. And would rather flood the market with cheaper modern cards that you're actually buying from Wizards of the Coast. They don't care about the big expensive cards that are already outside of their control. They want the they just want more cards out there. We definitely have seen over the years uh the decline of toy sales. Yeah. Okay. And Hasbro is a toy company. Yeah. That's what they that's what they are. Um and you know, we've seen like Toys R Us there's you know, Toys R Us closes and, and this and the other um, toy stores are a done deal. They're used mm -hmm. to for you younger folks. There used to be stores that were just toy stores. They're beautiful. They weren't the toy <laughs> section at Walmart and Target. Yeah, they were a whole store that just sold toys. And Nickelodeon would give kids marathon runs, <laughs> sweepstakes to go out there and fill up. Oh, my God, it was the best thing ever. Yeah. And now, nothing. yeah, and <laughs> as we've seen, you know, the world become more digital. Kids are just, you know, there's little kids tablets. Yeah, and they stuff. want their phones. Yeah, um, and they're 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 not getting just action figures and and easy bake ovens like we used to. Um, <laughs> you had and, that easy bake oven, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't actually, but I've seen one. Yeah, you know? like I had a friend who had one. Um, or like even just like the little goo things, you know, like make goo molds of they, what the fuck ever. My I parents even would know. never let me have that, but man, I wanted it so bad. Yeah, you could make like spiders and yeah. shit. Yeah. So I think uh, there was a boom through like 2020, 2021, right? And then in 2022, toy sales are projected to be down 15%. 
So I think they saw what I'm calling the adult nostalgia market in, during the pandemic where adults were buying toys. Yeah. Or what should be, you know, what we would classify as things sold in a toy store by Hasbro, a toy company. That's what they're trying to push. They're saying, hey, adults are buying toys because the kids stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like They're not buying toys like they used to. So let's tap into this market as much as we possibly can. And unfortunately, they're going to ruin their own market. Of course. It. Yeah. Yeah. When they're flooding it. Yeah. They're just going to make it worse for everybody else. Let's move on to our next thing here. Call of Duty is going to be moving on to a non-linear battle pass. What is your first reaction to the idea of a battle pass? Like, do you enjoy them in games? What's your thoughts? I don't really play multiplayer games that have battle pass systems often. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't like you on that Fortnite, bro. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I've never played Fortnite. Um, never played Fortnite. Oh, know, hold on. I, I thought maybe you're not playing it often. You never played Fortnite. Never. Oh, we're doing a joint stream of Fortnite, my friend. You and I. Wow, dude. It's <laughs> in the books now, guys. By the way, Scott is now streaming. So you guys got to check that out. We'll have the links in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Come check me out. I'm mildly entertaining. All right. So. If you're looking for maybe a nap in the middle of the stream, come check me. <laughs> uh, if you want that mild entertainment, come check out Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I played like what Marvel Snap, um, you know, but even, yeah, I mean, they, they have their little battle pass system, which is kind of a hybrid free and paid. Yeah. Have one on PUBG, but it's all for skins. It's not going to affect how you play the game yeah even battle so, even uh, the marvel really snap ones that. that way too you're not going to get a card that's going to change the game at all yeah, yeah there were some cards you could get earlier but you could get them through the normal play of the game right. so it wasn't a big deal so tell me about the cod battle pass Taff. here we go so linear battle passes the way they work you guys are familiar with call of duty in the past and more and uh fortnite whatnot you go in a straight line the best shit's at the end right so you just keep playing until you get to the cool stuff you spend 20 bucks for that battle pass this happened to me for the for the Rick and Morty skins on Fortnite, and you don't play enough because you only play with your nephew, and you know he just trolls on you this entire time, dogging on how bad you are, and so you never get to Rick and Morty, and you just wasted twenty bucks. Well, now yeah, you're dog water, dude. I'm dog. The term I learned from that kid, <laughs> I mean, oh my god, that's ninety percent of us playing Fortnite is learning what the kids are saying and making me feel very old. Uh, but yeah, so now Call of Duty is doing this thing where you unlock these sections. And so say you get a token, I'm just going to, this is all, you know, whatever. So you get a token and you can unlock either five items in this section or unlock a section next to it. So then you kind of branch out to the direction you want to and you can like, just target something you actually want, unlock that, and then move on to something else. To me, that kind of sounds like a talent tree in a way because you're still, you're like putting points in to expand. Um, so that versus the linear version the pros to me is the fact that I could go for something I actually want. Like, I'm going to go for that Rick and Morty skin. I don't have to worry about filling up my bags full of garbage. I can go for the thing I want. But I also feel like if you're going to make things kind of equal to where I could basically go for what's supposed to be the best immediately, I just, I think you're not going to put too much effort into the big things then. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I guess my biggest question would become how does the what is offered by a Call of Duty Battle Pass? I mean, is it purely cosmetic, or do you unlock actual guns? Um, uh, it's, it should be all cosmetic for that. I know for the Fortnite one, it is all cosmetic. We have to get Daniel on who no life set game. But 
I know for Fortnite, say we'll, we'll use Fortnite as an example. That's like all cosmetic. It's just different things in the cosmetic world. Like gun charms and stuff yeah, like that. I mean, if, if it's if it's all cosmetic, then I mean, I think it would actually it would it, it would push them to either create content value mm-hmm. where each skin is equally awesome. Although if it's a, a fandom thing or whatever, you know, everyone's gonna have their favorites. Yeah. If one is cool and one's not cool, it's just like some crappy skin, then no one's going to go for that one. Right. And then you've just kind of removed the point of the battle pass at all. Uh, just let us buy skins at that point, you know? Which I'm not <laughs> against. I wish that that was still a thing. Yeah, you know? um, I wonder if they want us to make sure to play more. Like, they don't just want our money. They actually want us to play a lot to make sure the game looks full. Because if you're not playing much, then that doesn't matter as much, you know? Yeah, I don't like being forced to play things, you know? Yeah. I guess some people would be like, wow, I paid for the battle pass and I'm not playing the game. That feels like a waste, but that's a shitty feeling. It is an obligatory feeling that now I have to play this game to get my value out of it. Mm -hmm. And, and that is overall going to leave a negative feeling about your game in the end. And then they're probably not going to play the next. I've learned because there's a free version of the battle pass too. So I've learned to fully unlock the free version now then like okay i've got all the way unlocked now let me pay for it so i automatically unlock all the paid stuff i've learned to do that now because basically rick and morty taught me <laughs> this is don't trust it frank and every game every fucking game is going towards battle pass it's so frustrating that like sea of thieves is going battle pass and stuff like that i'm like ah, come on just let me play stuff and not i'll pay you if it's good that's all we want that's all i care about all right so um just a quick google you know i'm not a call of duty player but it says, choose the reward you want to earn first each season. Yeah. From free functional weapons to weapon blueprints, oh, wow. skins, and more. So they actually do impact so, the game. Yeah. So they do impact the game. That's which crazy. Which tells me one thing. Everybody is going to be going for the same fucking thing. Yeah. Because the meta is the meta. Oh. And yeah. we all know. Call of Duty has, has does not have a great track record with balancing different guns. Nope. Um, you know, there will always be guns that are just inherently better. So if I can beeline to this gun that is the quote unquote unquote best gun, that's what everybody's gonna go through. They're gonna look online, they're gonna see a fucking guide. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna say, get this gun. And they're going to be like, okay. And the whole rest of it, no one's going to be going for that. That's a pushing button. We really should sit down and talk about metas and gaming, how much that actually ruins the games. And, and, and to some degree, it creates its own fun. Don't get me wrong. Like when I'm going hardcore in a game, I do kind of like to theory craft friends and like, ooh, if we do this and mix with this, you know. But there's I mean, <clears throat> countless times you just pull up a guide and you just follow whatever the guide says because you got shit to do. And that takes away so much of the exploration and discovery in a game and, and you know, the wonderment of like, oh, what does this new talent do? Like, nobody cares anymore. This episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you by Halo Season 1, now on Blu-ray. The first season of Paramount Plus' series Halo, based on the Xbox game franchise, is now available on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K UHD. With every episode from Season 1 and over five hours of special features, see Master Chief, Cortana, and the other Spartans of Silver Team take on humanity's greatest threat, the Covenant. 
Get your DVD, Blu-ray, or 4K UHD copy of Halo today from Paramount Home Entertainment. We are giving away four copies of Halo Season 1 on Blu-ray, beautiful, beautiful collector's edition, steel box, five hours of extra content like I've been talking about. We're giving them away. Head over to our Discord and our Twitter to see the details for that giveaway. All right, speaking of Blizzard, because that's basically what it boils down to, <laughs> games that, that ruin themselves. For it better, always does. Right. Uh, they're they're going to be, they're leaving China. This is what how this works. Chi Blizzard was in China due to an agreement with NetEase, a company that's in China, and they couldn't come to an agreement. So as of January 23rd of 2023, all Blizzard games, except for Diablo Immortal, because that was actually made by both companies, will be suspended in China. They're going to, quote unquote, seal the accounts. That means if you play World of Warcraft, say you've been playing World of Warcraft since 2004, your character's gone. Like, they're sealed away, they can't be touched by you. Overwatch accounts, everything's closed. <laughs> There's an Overwatch team in Shanghai, they're called the Shanghai Dragons, I think it is, that will be done playing. I mean, I don't know how else they're going to be able to play. They can't play in their own sport. They failed to renew this through negotiations. Blizzard's been trying to play this down for a while now. Like, they're doing their Q3 uh, investors call. They were saying, that like, oh, it's only 3% of our business, yada, yada, yada. We haven't come to agreement yet. We're still working on it. Kind of foreshadowing this might be happening. But a lot of people are kind of saying like, yeah, that's Blizzard trying to play it down so that they can win the negotiations. China's still a very valuable market. The PC gaming is on the rise. It's not quite there yet, but it's on the rise for, for Western games. You, you and I have played with Chinese players. Can you kind of explain what it's like playing with Chinese players? Because it's a whole different kind of gamer. I, I'm sure we've talked about this. Not too much in World of Warcraft. Right. Uh, I've, I've played with and against Chinese players in um, other games. Mm -hmm. And it was not, I don't have many nice things to say. But let's, so but I have nice I'm things to say because to of say why, right. I have nice things to say because of why it was not fun to play with them. I think they stick together very well. I think there's a camaraderie amongst Chinese players above all other players that, I think if I were a Chinese player with him, it would be a lot of fun. When you're against him, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, when you're playing ARC and all of a sudden 50 Chinese players who are all working together, well organized, come attacking you and you and your five buds who can't agree on what this wall should look like, it doesn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they, it, it, is, it is insane how organized they were. Um, real quick, I was defending my server at one point. Um, and, you know, we would have a rush of people. I mean, this was like a three-day siege of my server. <laughs> it's so crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because we, we caught them as they were getting on, we were fighting them from the get-go. They struggled to get a foothold, but once they did, it just turned into a siege. They were, and they, they continuously were just trying to push out, push out. Yeah. Um, now we did find streams. Some of them were streamers. Um, we had clear video evidence of aimbotting. Um, oh, you know, so that. that's yeah. not fun. I I do. I, you know they they did aimbot a lot. Okay, um, which is they don't see these things as a problem. Mm -hmm. They see it as winning. It's all about winning, and it, that's well, it. It doesn't matter what it them. takes to win. Bringing in outside elements into the game just as part of the game. If you want to stop them from doing that, that's part of the game, too. They had shifts. They had rotating, like, 
12, eight to 12 hour shifts of people. Yeah. And we could see each shift because there would be an overlap, right? Where like mm-hmm. some were getting on and the others hadn't got off yet. So you'd have this <laughs> boom of like, now there's more of them um, than there were 10 minutes ago. And so you're fighting this flood and then you would see the people you've been fighting for the last eight hours are steadily like their names aren't showing up anymore mm-hmm. on the logs. They're logging you know? out. So they're logging out. And so over this period of three days, we, we actually knew when the shift change was coming because we'd be like, oh, you know, so-and-so just shot me in the head, new shift coming in. And it was, it was just wild that like they had these scheduled shifts, like it was a job. Yeah. You know? It was, it was, it was, it was insane. And yeah, you know, they, they have these big mega tribes, uh, mega clans and games. But I, I'm not really sure how they play World of Warcraft. I mean, obviously, you know, let's address the elephant in the room. We've all seen Chinese bots out there, Chinese gold of farmers. Course. Of course. So we know they do a lot of that. But I, that. I'm not familiar with how they play on an individual actual playing the game level, really. We don't see them compete either. So, like, for, for World of Warcraft specifically, there's a big level of competing over World First is what it's called. And so, you know, the first guild to complete a, a raid and i don't we don't see them doing that but i have a feeling through me playing with them and other things i think two things we could take away from them they'll win at all costs and what they will work together better than we will work together and so I, I can imagine their raids have to be a blast to be a part of because think of how like i mean you and me when we work with other people sometimes in like world of warcraft or overwatch or whatever it's just like oh my god this dude's such an idiot i'm so tired of dealing with blank person <laughs> They probably don't have that. And I'm like kind of jealous of that. <laughs> like, can I be, you know, yeah. on a Chinese server? Basically, it must be nice. <laughs> I could be the idiot. <laughs> would be great. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you got on Ark, you generally had, you know, um, 10 different tribes of five people. You know, that yeah. was your server. Yeah. That's how uh, we started. When you really get good. on a ch- yeah, when you get on a Chinese, you know, run server, it's one big tribe yeah. of Chinese people. You, know? you like, do an interview, and if you get accepted, two, you could participate yeah, in there. Sometimes two, but they're allies. You know, like yeah. they're two different tribes, but they're together still. Yeah, those like, are the shifts, basically. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, so to see that they're losing one of these meeting places really sucks. I kind of feel for them because. A lot of our friends, including you and I, have met through video games, including World of Warcraft. So the idea that they're losing their hub, their meeting place, just because two companies can't come to a freaking agreement just sucks. And so I feel bad for these guys, and I hope that there's a way that they... I mean, luckily, in comparison to like the way before, like in 2008 or whatever, when we were meeting, we weren't really using social media the way we do today. And so we would still be able to stay connected through Discord, but back then... You know, by chance you'd hop an event same time as me. I'm like, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's some things we can try to infer from what we know. Obviously, we don't know what happened in the room. We don't okay. know why the deal didn't work out. When you're dealing with companies in China, it's different. It's not a deal between two companies. It's a deal between two companies and the Chinese government. Very true. Yeah, that's okay. 100% true. The Chinese government has basically, in essence... Uh, ownership mm-hmm. of every Chinese company, you know, like they'll let you be the CEO, but like, really it's our company. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how the Chinese government looks at it. That's how their laws are made. Um, and if we look at, you know, so every outsider company, every foreign company has to go through a Chinese publisher. So 
they they know the power that they have. And and yes, the Chinese gaming market has been where most companies have been trying to focus on. It's it's supposed to be the biggest market out there. And when you see Blizzard say, well, it's 3% of our net revenue. Well, that's probably true because NetEase was probably taking such a margin. Dang. Oh, wow. Blizzard really wasn't making much money on the deal. Um, now, I don't know how like store transactions and things affect, you know, like if that also has to go through the publisher or not. So they may have been getting money off of that, that they're not really talking about. Um, you know, so I'm not sure of all of the details, but it doesn't look like Blizzard had a very good deal. Yeah. Uh, we also know that the Chinese government has been cracking down on gaming. Mm -hmm. They've limited the hours people under, you know, the age of, I assume 18. Yeah. Uh, can play them. Yeah. Basically, you, you can know? have three and hours so, a week overall and more, no more than one hour a day playing games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to eat into it. On that side, and Microsoft has could have been like, found, oh, well, no, we're not going to do that. Microsoft has had some recent success in China. So I wonder if there is a future there. Maybe they're like, you know, what? we don't necessarily need Netties because Microsoft's already kind of finding inroads into China through themselves. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's. There's a lot of things we can we can kind of think about, but we kind of need more evidence to make any sort of conclusions. We're not at the conclusionary stage yet. At our side is mostly just condolence almost for our fellow gamers that we've played with mostly as rivals, but also with. And um, I mean, I remember very well, even in Ark, the game we were just talking about where we were constantly at war with them. There were tribes that we were working <laughs> with cautiously. I remember we'd have a lot of meetings with them like, Okay, guys, here's how we know what happens. So we're happy to have you on our server. Please be nice. <laughs> and, you know, um, but yeah, it, we just feel we've, we, we feel bad for you guys. Like, I, I can't imagine losing my account that I've had active, which it's a reminder that it's any day now it could happen. But an account that I've been playing on for 20 years now, you know, so, you know, we're with you guys and we hope that you could get your accounts back soon and, and uh, can join the, the world in gaming. Um, the great unifier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just a quick side note, mm -hmm. uh, Diablo immortal is under a different publishing deal. It's with yeah. the same publisher, but it's like a co-development deal. Exactly. Uh, so Diablo immortal will continue in China. Um, but we may see a change to their monetization on that. We don't know. Um, I, if this, does end up becoming a big shift away from the China market, though. Uh, I do wonder how that can affect the development of games in the near future, because obviously, you know, a lot of the gotcha games is really pulling from, you know, Chinese and, and other Asian yeah. uh, countries. Well, you know, they're really big into gotcha games. The mo mobile gotcha games is like their favorites, it seems. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas like here in the West, we're, we're really big on hating the microtransactions and we're stuff. bigger fans of the battle uh, pass, we're not though. fans uh yeah we'll buy a battle pass but i mean even you know battle passes are okay loot boxes are a little rough but microtransactions yeah. were like no get this out of gaming um so it'll be interesting to see if the gaming market kind of develops in a different direction around uh this this new event We'll see how it goes. Uh, we will keep you guys informed on this because obviously we're Overwatch fans, we're Blizzard fans, we go to BlizzCon and stuff like that. Um, and we, we hang out with, with our fellow Chinese players there as well. So we will keep you guys informed on this going forward.
That is it for us today. Thank you again for joining us. I want to remind you guys, please go ahead and drop us a review. Five stars would be fantastic. Not just on this podcast, but everything that we do. We have 11 shows, and that means 11 shows that could use reviews. So if you wanted to go to our link tree for the Geek Freaks Network, we would really appreciate that. But overall, I just want to say thank you again for listening. We appreciate everything you do, and we hope to hang out with you again in the future. Have an excellent Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.